Hello, Hendersonvillians, and welcome to another episode of the Hendersonville Show podcast. Today, I'm excited to share my conversation with John Yeager, founder of artisan cocktail company Poor Taste and creator of The Highlight, a unique culinary experience opening here in Hendersonville in 2022. Now, for those who haven't heard about The Highlight, get ready because it sounds awesome and definitely something to look forward to next year. So we'll get into all of that and more today. So grab your favorite cocktail and enjoy the show. Unless you're driving, then uh, I recommend skipping the cocktail. All right, today on the Hendersonville Show, I am honored to uh, welcome John Yeager of Poor Taste. Hey, good. How are you doing? And we are well. Thank you. Awesome. So, for those who don't know who you are, I mean, your name's kind of been circulating on Eat Hendersonville um, with Poor Taste and then the highlight, which you're opening here in town. Uh, but yeah. first, I just want to ask, like, can you give a little background of, of yourself and, and the business and what's going on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my wife, Lindsay, and I and our two little girls, Emerson and Daisy, we have been Hendersonville residents um, for a little over four years. Um Oh, sorry. I should have put my phone on silent. Um, oh, good. I should do the same. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, so we've been up here. We have been, um, there's not really a roadmap for what we've been doing for the past decade. So we will casually tell people that we are cocktail consultants. Um, and I don't blame you or anybody else for scratching their head and saying, what the heck is that? <laughs> we've had to define it and make it up as we go. But what we know, what has kind of fallen into our lap um, is as kind of the, you know, for anybody who's older than like, I don't know, 30, <laughs> um, we can remember a time where like craft cocktails weren't everywhere on every corner mm -hmm. of every block of every city, right? So there was this cocktail resurgence that swept over the United States and like the the early 2000s up through like 2010, blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, and, it kind of coincides with craft beer and really just well, exactly. all of that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There was this like craft resurgence. And so, um, I moved down to Nashville to pursue some music just like everybody else. And I found myself very accidentally to be, um, one of the founding bartenders at a, a craft cocktail bar very early on in East Nashville. There was a very short period of time where I was, I don't know, maybe one of like nine or 10 guys in town that knew how to do, like these like classic, like, you know, re revival cocktails that now are very basic. But back in 2008, people were like, what's a Vucare? I've never even heard of a Ramos Gin Fizz, <laughs> right? All these kinds of drinks. All that to say, failed music career, accidentally found myself to be kind of this an original group. Um, it was at a bar called the Holland House in East Nashville. Um, it is not there anymore. Um, but the best thing that ever happened to me is I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> and this was so early on in the cocktail game that all these other hotels and restaurants, um, they needed some inspiration and help and and how to do that new style of bar. So I were, we were literally getting phone calls. Hey, you used to work at the Holland House. Can you come help us out? Train our bartenders, blah, blah, blah. And it just snowballed into this full-time position. So largely to answer your question, poor taste, we we do a lot of consulting work. We still do that today. I'm working with a few places out in Memphis right now. We help train bartenders, design menus, but then it grew. And so brands started to call. They wanted to know how to get into that cool 
you know, quote unquote mixologist game. And then we started. So getting- I'll stop you for a second. When you say yeah. brands, like, like alcohol brands. So like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Liquor awesome. Brands. Okay. Yeah. And then you're consulting with, with restaurants generally. I yeah. Mean, restaurants, hotels, yeah. Brands. And then we started to get confident enough in ourselves when we started to launch our own projects. So we run the Nashville cocktail festival. We just wrapped up our seventh year. Um, I had a podcast for a long time where published authors, we had a members only cocktail club that ran for years. We, I just, there's just so much stuff that we've done. So full circle, it's like, what is poor taste? What do we do? It's like, it's just all falls under the umbrella of like cocktails. But then because of that world, we find ourselves sitting next to chefs and sommeliers and right. So it's like, mm-hmm. we're just in that world, that hospitality edible world. And it's just been very inspiring. And so that's all of that has led to what will be the highlight. I mean, I, I think that's really cool and something you don't see that often where, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you had a passion for cocktails. Like you loved it. You were good at it. And you're like, I'm going to make up a job because this, it didn't really exist previously. I mean, maybe somewhere in the world, but uh, correct. Correct. I mean, we've had to, yeah. I mean, and like, that's just the thing. It's just like, you know, when one door closes, the other one opens, it's a fairly common saying my music career that I've been pursuing for a while was really starting to come to an end. And then this thing, you know, I didn't really know anything about cocktails. I learned what I learned, but to your point, realized mm-hmm. I was good at it. And because I had been a striving rock and roll musician for a while, I was pretty good at self-promotion. So it's like all those stars just kind of aligned, but yeah. I mean, we have found ourselves consulting to the consultants, you know, just that's incredible to your point. 10 years ago, it's like people, you know, weren't real. I've had to have sessions like this to dudes in other cities who, I mean, it literally an email just came across this week. Hey, I'm being hired to consult. How do you do your pricing and what, th- you know, what roadblocks can I be looking out for? So it's just, yeah, there's, there was not a roadmap for us. It was just day in, day out. <laughs> that's really cool. Um, now I got to ask, like, from a, from a cocktail standpoint, what mm-hmm. it's so much more than just mixing rum and Coke or Correct. whatever else. I'm not an expert by any means, but like, talk about some of the, the common things, like, I guess from my limited perspective, it seems like it's more of a science where the, the order in which you mix stuff and, and the muddling and all that fun stuff. Like, I, I don't know. Curious if you could speak to that for a minute. Yeah. I mean, it is this weird thing that got triggered in me to where I, I, I now love it. Um, a it's an art form and I've had to accept that over years where, you know, the, the us early guys, there was kind of a, we read all these old books from like 1890 and like we come, we come at it from this mathematical equation. Well, now every Tom, Dick and Harry's doing cocktails. And so, you know, you start to get a more global understanding. And as the history of the cocktail becomes more and more clear through people who are much smarter than me, right. Guys who are writing like other books, um, you start to understand that it's an art form. So it's like rock and roll, or it's like cooking. And it's like, it's really hard to say that there's one right way or, or another, but to your point, it, it is in the art form that you get um, that you get inspired, that you get kind of what I would say healthy pressure to become better. I mean, it's a culinary art form, right? So mm-hmm. it's you know you're really taking into account the quality of all of the ingredients, and in, as any serious chef or musician or ballet teacher would tell you, the equipment that you're using matters. You know, the amount of time that you really bounce yourself off other people it matters. So it's it's a culinary art and it's just, 
yeah, it, to your point, it's it's more than rum and coke. It's more than just a Manhattan. It's like, you know, the world has changed a lot in the in the world of spirits and in like you said, craft beer and even wine. It's just like people are realizing that what we're ingesting can be better. <laughs> you oh, know, over the past twenty years, right? I the nineties, I like I very much grew up in the you know late eighties and nineties. That was kind of like the heyday of just cheap everything. I, I feel like it was you know whatever you can do. Yeah. 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 And that was very much true for the bar world. I mean, it's, we teach a lot of cocktail history classes. I mean, that's, that is, you know, that even through the seventies, eighties and nineties, it's like you get a martini or a Manhattan at a bar, both of those classically require vermouth. Well, what, what we know now in hindsight, but what we didn't know then, like you and I might be eight years old at Applebee's and mom's getting a martini or something like that. But it's like, what we didn't realize at the time was that the vermouth that was being used was a cooking grade. It wasn't like the really? real stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's now we know that, but at the time we didn't know that. So, and that's been the cool part of the resurgence. It's like, not only are people like myself and my wife and other people are getting better at the actual mixing of them, but producers who have been defunct for a hundred years, or maybe just weren't available in North America. And they've been mm -hmm. available in Spain the whole time. Producers are starting to catch up to the fact that like, oh, people really want the real stuff, like the real, you know, styles of whiskey that have gone 150 years without production are starting to come back. So it's all to that point. Yes. Back then it was all about cheap, nobody cared nobody was even paying attention so it's now the age that we live in now has been really fun that's awesome uh, so i gotta ask what do you have a favorite cocktail or, like that, oh. that you personally enjoy or personally enjoy making hands down hands down my favorite cocktail is called the vu carré it's a v-i-e-u-x-c-a-r-r-e -E, and that's french for old square this okay. is a Orleans cocktail that came from the hotel montleon in 1938 um this happens to be the first drink that I had at a place called the Patterson House. You, you can still go to the Patterson House here in Nashville. They were the first place that opened that kind of like introduced, at least here, Tennessee to kind of that original style, like that art of the cocktail um, back in 2000. Gosh, I think they opened up in early 2008. But I went there for that first time, had a Vucre, had no idea what it was. But um, it just, but that that first taste i mean I, I can remember it that first taste where you're like holy moly this Taking is it to a whole nother level otherworldly didn't know cocktails should taste like this or that they could taste like that and so that has remained my favorite um yeah i mean it's we will have bucarets at the highlight <laughs> that's awesome real quick what is what is in a bucaret Bucare is uh, rye whiskey, cognac, sweet vermouth, Benedictine, which is a very old monastic liqueur, but you can get it ah, okay. here. And there's two kinds of bitters, Angostura bitters and Peychaud's bitters. And that's a stirred cocktail. It's great. It's wonderful. I'll, I'll have to check that out when you guys open up. Yes. So shifting gears a little bit, let, let's talk about the highlight. And for yeah. those who don't know, this is your brick and mortar concept that's opening up here in Hendersonville. Uh, basically East Main, right? Like kind of over by, um, yeah, we're, we're caddy corner from the golf club, from the golf course. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, uh, we're on the corner of Maine and Tyne Bay. There's an old house that sits behind a rock wall. So that will feel real familiar when I say that it's that it's the yep. only house on main street that sits behind that rock wall. So it's that three and a half acre property that we are in the process of closing on. And to, yes, like you said, we have been 
consultants for 10 years and so we deal strictly with intellectual property and like giving ideas and things like that this will be our first brick and mortar outpost so i've seen some of the concepts like mauricio sanchez shared some stuff on eat hendersonville uh-huh. is that i i don't know if you know what i'm talking about but is that kind of i'm looking at it here on my other screen but is that basically it like you you have this old house here uh-huh. and then this outdoor concept with i don't know if you'd call them gazebos i mean it's kind of like a modern looking yeah, deal but like t- talk to me more about about like what's going to be involved there because it's not just yeah. cocktails from what i understand exactly exactly so our elevator pitch the highlight is an all ages culinary estate okay we want this to be um fun for everyone obviously cocktails will be present but when we say an all ages culinary estate it just we really are considering the community i mean you have kids i have kids you know we feel a radical deficiency in places where you and I can go get this Vucare and our wives can get a Frosé, but like, but there's a deficiency where we can get that where kids aren't out of place. We want mm-hmm. kids to feel at place there. We want people that are older than us to feel at place with the level of music, the kind of music that we'll have. So all that to say, it's an all ages culinary state. When you drive in and you park, we will have three stationary food stalls. So people can think about these as like glorified food trucks. But let's go back to what I said. These are stationary okay. food stalls. These aren't food trucks that are driving away on wheels, but these are um, very design forward, cool. Th- you know, so we think about street food. Um, so when you park, you can go get your street food. You can come into the house. You can go out on the property. Um, the property will be very heavily landscaped with different kinds of uh you know, built-in lounge seating, gazebos. There will be grass areas for picnic blankets. The house will operate as an all-day cafe. So the house mm, will okay. be coffee shop by day and cool craft cocktail bar by night. So that's what the house is that we're flipping. And then the, the, the food, the three food stalls will be autonomous businesses. So we're friends with a lot of chefs and we're kind of vetting that selection now. Okay. Um, but, you know, kind of like a food hall, most people have been to some element of a food hall before. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what this reminded me of. Like you can, like exactly. a, a food court, but yeah. nicer than what you'd see at, at Rivergate. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> kind of a craft outdoor food hall, exactly. So, but it, we just want people to enjoy all of the grounds. We'll have bocce ball courts, we'll have shuffleboard lanes. We are uh, designing some organic elements that will be kid-friendly to climb on and to climb through. Not a, not a, you know, primary colored, you know, playground, mm-hmm. you know, at a school, but like organic, like things that are built into nature. Um, that's cool. So, yeah. so I mean, I, I got to stop, stop you on that for a second. Cause that's, I, I mean, one of, one of our favorite restaurants here in town is Boom Buzz Pizza in East oh, Nashville. Yeah. Uh-huh. Reason being is because they have the playground okay. right there. Oh, we go all the time after church. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing for that because you can just let the kids go and and still enjoy your food. Um, so it sounds like this is going to have at least some element of that. Um, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, we just want it to feel home base for everybody. So inside the house, you know, it'll be coffee bar. We'll have ice cream. We found, I'm not going to say who it is yet, but we found a extremely awesome ice cream vendor that this will be her first outpost. She's been doing catering stuff and like, she's nationally known like in other cities, but, um, So yeah, so ice cream for kids, coffee, cocktails, obviously beer and wine, you know, we'll have the the food outside, we have a live music stage. Um, Also on the music stage will be a professional grade like movie screen that can come down. So we want to do like free Friday night movies, right? We'll have fire pits, like we'll have events, you know, 
just the other day we're, we were thinking about like, what are we going to be doing at Halloween? Like what kind of pumpkin thing? What, what are we going to be doing at Christmas? What are we going to be doing at 4th of July? You know, things that really bring the community together. That's awesome. You could even do stuff for like Titans games or Preds oh, games, stuff yeah. like that with the, with the big screen. That'd be incredible. And that's exactly what it's going to be. It's going to be a daily use. We know in advance that there's going to be the weekend warriors, people that drive up from East Nashville or Goodlettsville or come down from Portland. We, you know, we want those people to come and enjoy Hendersonville and to like park it for the, the day and chill. But yes, we want this to be daily use. You know, if you've got a, a meeting and you need a new coffee spot, to do that it's like you know it's just again this is daily use we you know the, our food stalls our chefs will be open for lunch and dinner throughout the day we'll have parking spaces available for uber eats like we're plant we know that that's only going to keep growing yeah we're trying to think through all aspects of just how we like guys like you and i can enjoy this on a daily level well, I, I'm definitely excited about this. And when I first heard about it, I was like, really Hendersonville, we're getting something like this. So I, I, I know you live here in Hendersonville, but is what was the motivation for like selecting Hendersonville in this specific location? Um, so Lindsay and I, we've been dreaming this up for about two years. And there was another location that we had been looking at for a while. Um, and that fell through and for nobody's fault, it's just, you know, wasn't going to be the right fit. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just feel because we are so tied to the restaurant in industry in Nashville for years, we have just been hearing. It's like, we're, we're pretty in tune with all of the new openings and there is a new cool hip chef driven bar or restaurant that's opening up like every 30 seconds in Nashville. Right. I mean, it's just, it's Oh yeah. Overload. It's insane. Overload. Right. So it, it's not this big master scheme or anything, but it's, it's just realizing from some of our friends that are struggling with staffing or just people that are, you know, rising rent and all that kind of stuff. It just is a kind of a no brainer that like, you know, we have people in our community that are currently moving to Hendersonville. The demographic is changing big time. So it's, I don't know for us, it was just, it kind of made sense. Like, man, we live here. The demographics changing. Nashville's just, it's way too expensive. It's too cluttered. Like, let's just start to bring the fun out here. And I have to say, I have to give credit to Rosie, Rosie Food and Wine. I absolutely love them. Um, and I feel like they, when they opened up, what, two years ago, or gosh, was it three? I don't know. I feel like they proved that something a little bit more boutique, something a little mm -hmm. bit more artisan could exist out here. And sure enough, right? They're like packed every night. So it just, I don't know, to me, just observing that, and just again, that was a proof of concept. And then, yeah, yeah. It's just like, and you know, and that doesn't mean stuffy, but that means intentional. Like, you know, they are intentional chefs that are bringing something, you know, they got inspired by their stay in Spain. I think they were in Spain for a year and mm, you know, okay. bringing that to Hendersonville. So it's like, again, this idea that, you know, Hendersonville, I think is we're coming out of the phase where it's only chain restaurants. It's like now, you know, I already know, I, I'm not going to announce it for them, but I already know of another restaurant group based in Nashville that they're looking at spaces in Hendersonville right now. So it's like, it's just changing. And we felt like we wanted to kind of get in on that. So I, obviously you're going to have restaurants there. It, can you give any hints as to what, what type you're looking at or wh what that might be? We, well, I can't give any hints only because it's like, we're a, the conversations are very early. There's a lot of people that we know that their skills, we trust, they have existing restaurants mm -hmm. and 
you know, like all creative people, chefs always have other concepts to test out. And so we have gone to a number of people to just say, hey, here's the space available. Here's the vibe. And sure enough, you know, these people that we know, they're like, oh, yeah, like we've been dreaming up this other thing that we've been wanting to experiment with for two years. And this might be a great outpost for that. So I can't say more on who it is because I don't, you know, we, we haven't. Yeah, you don't want to give that away. It's not final. But yet. at the same time, like we are being very intentional with chef driven, artisan, boutique, doesn't exist anywhere else. You know what I'm saying? Like, people from East Nashville aren't going to drive all the way up here and they're, you know, like, Oh, well, it's another grilled cheese relocation. It's not going to be yep. that. It's going to be things that don't exist. And we're just going to leave that at that. <laughs> so not, not TGI Fridays in a exactly. in condensed form. So think, think like, I'm thinking like Rosie's um, as an example, consolidated menu. I, I'm assuming there it's not going to be the full spread, but something like that. Yeah, yeah. I just we're very intentional about bringing something new that does not exist really anywhere. So like that's kind of the spine that runs through all of this, you know. So we're the the coffee that we're bringing in. We, you know, we've talked to a couple companies, but we're we're really trying to think about all of the Nashville area. What's available? What are we doing different? Because I know that like Hendersonville, you know, as you saw in the Eat Hendersonville post. People mm -hmm. are going to geek out about it either way. It's going to be just a, a center stage for the local community. But again, we just want to be really intentional with giving other artisan people like an area or a space to do what they're doing, you know? Definitely. I, I absolutely love the concept. Um, I, I loved it when I first saw it and you kind of reaffirmed everything uh, that I was thinking uh, of what it could be. So when, at this point, when you guys looking to open up, I heard spring of 2022 is that ambitious or is that realistic well according to our architects it's looking to be <laughs> around june i mean okay. we have consulted for a lot of restaurants that and none of them none of them ever open on time you know um but yeah but knowing what we know and because this is not our first rodeo and being a like i have in my consultation type stuff i mean we physically design bars and talk to architects for other people all the time so there's a certain level of like, you know, we can't promise a date, obviously, but knowing right. how this goes, you know, I would say like June would be a very fair estimation. Okay. That, that's exciting. I, we, we have a babysitter coming tonight and uh, the wife and I get a little date night, but this would be like the perfect place for that. But um, unfortunately we're a little too early, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. but ne next summer we got something to look forward to. That's what I'm saying. That's going to be great. Yeah, we're, we're very excited. It, it, like I said, it wasn't like this big scheme, but it just, because we live up here, we notice the demographics changing. We, we see sea salt, we see Rosie, we see some, you know, I don't know. I, I don't even know how to word it kindly, but like, we just see this influx of like, there's a, maybe another generation of creativity that's creeping in. And so like, we want to be kind of on the front end of that. Yeah, I, I definitely see that too. There's there's a resurgence. I mean, like you said, in craft everything, um, and it it's awesome. I, that that kind of reminded me, and I, I meant to ask then, but we, you talk about like a resurgence in cocktails. When when was the heyday? I kind of picture, ironically, like the Prohibition era, like the twenties mm -hmm. and thirties. But was it was that really the heyday of the cocktail? No, 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 no. Um, 
so historically, gosh, I teach classes on this, so I need to like put this in like two sentences. <laughs> historically, I would just say like Civil War era United States. Interesting. That, yes. Okay. Um, and I, I, trust me, I could regress, but I won't. Um, but this is when a lot of spokes on the wheel were starting to connect in the middle, um, whether that be brands, whether that be producers, we got to think globally and how the United States was growing at that time. So that was kind of like the heyday. It did last through the turn of the century. Of course, prohibition did what it did. Mm -hmm. Prohibition, I mean, I mean, like, people hear about prohibition and it's like, we're the only country that ever did that. So it's like the cocktails, because we invented cocktails, by the way, that's like solely like an American invention. Is it really? I oh yeah. Know that. Hands down, like not an argument, but like, even though we were under these crazy laws and doing bathtub gin, the rest of the world wasn't. And so just like, just like anything, that's like, you know, all these, you know, we invent rock and roll and then seeing how like the Beatles interpret that. Right. So it's like mm -hmm. we invent the cocktail and guys in Cuba and Brazil and Italy and France are then taking their spin on it. So the cocktail was like full, alive and well everywhere else, even though it wasn't here. Um, but then, you know, through the two world wars, things died down. Seventies, eighties were just terrible. But then like that second great resurgence, I mean, very late nineties into the two thousands, that's when people like, you know, the people who inspire me, the people who I kind of learn from, that's when they started to open up their bars. So I would say they're like, there's two really great high points. Right. And we're kind of like coming off the tail end of the second one. <laughs> gotcha. No, that, that's really interesting. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. is, so you mentioned like other countries maintained, like looking at this, is there a certain country that inspires you from like a cocktail crafting standpoint. I know you mentioned, I believe Spain at one point. Yeah. So, okay. So it's a personal question you're asking me like, yeah. Well, or maybe, I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess it's, I guess it's more personal unless there's like, you know, some country out there that stands out like Slovenia or something like they have the <laughs> right, best cocktails. Right. No, it's like, and so I'm, I'm trying to think how to concisely answer that, you know, knowing the cocktail is a strictly an American invented or a, a American invention. And so mm -hmm. we can, we can put our music hat on. We can look at Chuck Berry, Elvis, uh, Robert Johnson, right? We look at all these guys who like birthed what it was to be rock and roll and like American music, you know? And so it's like, as much as we might like Led Zeppelin and the Beatles, you know, that's what I spend at home, but it's like, mm -hmm. you have to, you have to pay homage to where that, whole idea even originated if you're following me yes, so yeah to say that like we have to realize that the idea of taking three liquors and putting it in the same glass really did originate here so that's half of my answer the other half of my answer is like i personally get really inspired by the products the bottles that are coming out of other countries not so much how they're mixing them Right. Gotcha. So, that makes sense. So you know, in in Spain, sherry is a big thing. Most people probably don't know the depth of the world of sherry, but it is like one of our favorite, um, you know, spices in the cabinet, if you will. So that's where I get really inspired as I look at like different things that are coming from different countries as products. But then we have to turn around to to honor our American guys, forefathers, black and white people who mixed it together. <laughs> so I don't know. It's just kind of. It's a culmination uh, it, of, of everything, but I, I guess it really is a very much American made. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, I, we're, I have been doing the cocktail game so long that we, 
we, we just, we spend a lot of time, like not, I don't want to say analyzing, but appreciating like actual spirits without them being mixed. But we are only in that space because we have been mixing for 10 years. Right. Right. <laughs> so yeah. It's like everybody's tasting journey is, you know, is, is different, you know, but we've just been mixing so long that man, like we got to go to France two years ago and we got to have this fully paid trip, got this whole tour of the Armagnac region. Armagnac is a style of brandy, but it just, you know, I was, I just fell in love with that culture, these, you know, 80 year old guys that have been doing this their whole life, you know, and they inherited it from their grandfather. I was so much cool. turned on by that than I was going out for cocktails later that night in France. Right. I was, you know, cause that's stuff I don't know. I, you know, I don't know what it's like to get my hands in the dirt and like inherit a vineyard from your grandfather and like be sitting on the process and all that goes into the lifestyle of it. Yeah. So, but that's, again, that's just for me because we have been behind a bar mixing for 10 years. So Mm -hmm. no, that's, that's really cool. And um, honestly, I I think I can speak for all of Hendersonville when we say like super excited for this place to open up. So looking forward to, you know, six months, eight months, um, hopefully knock on wood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We're, we're excited. And we just, you know, we, we want to encourage people follow us on social media, um, at the highlight TN, obviously for Tennessee on Instagram, just follow us because, you know, as things go, we will start to do little announcements and, you know, we'll have like little construction updates and, you know, it'll be fun. Um, but we just, we're, we're eager to kind of be the new centerpiece of Hendersonville. We want all people to feel welcome, all age groups to feel welcome, music, movies, food, drinks, coffee. Oh, and I totally forgot to uh, talk about the upstairs of the house is our members only cigar lounge. So really there is a price to catch, um, but we are going to house that. So there's just, it's just going to be fun. (laughs) That's awesome. And I'm sure, I mean, you got three and a half acres there. So I think, over time, you, you might even add more. I mean, who That's knows? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we are very excited uh, to meet everybody. And, you know, so, but people should follow us now because we'll be kind of doing announcements and like leaking things, quote unquote, along the way. So I'll drop some links in the show notes. Uh, you mentioned social media. So Facebook, Instagram, what, what's the best uh, platform? Um, either one, you know, the way the social media works now is because we've got a business like, you know, anything that I, announce on one automatically posts to the other. So gotcha. it, really, it really doesn't matter. Um, and then our, our website is the highlight You know, it's a splash page right now. There's not much to look at, but mm-hmm. again, it's a cool logo. I like it. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, our graphic designer, um, who happens to be my brother-in-law, he lives here in Hendersonville and, uh, yeah, they, they, he has been kind of like our poor taste graphic designer for years. He's done all of our festival work and all that kind of stuff so yeah we we had a lot of brainstorming and my wife and I he dug up some old like French artwork that we Hmm. really resonated with and so Lindsay and I kind of agreed that you know loosely speaking that's kind of the direction that we're going with so that's that's where the you know the crane obviously because of the lake but we're kind of there's I don't even know the artist's name but it's it's uh it, it it leans into kind of a style that existed turn of the century so Awesome. Well, I, I like it. And um, I'll, I'll link all of that up in the show notes, but John, before we close, is there anything that you want to say? Um, any closing remarks? Um, no, I don't have anything. I appreciate your time and appreciate you reaching out to us. Yeah, a- absolutely. And uh, maybe we can do this again sometime after you open up and kind of see how things are going. So yeah, we can do a, you can do a remote broadcast while you're sipping coffee on our deck. <laughs> 
Yeah, or maybe uh, what, what's the cocktail you recommended? The Bucheray. Bucheray. Yeah, maybe I'll yeah. be sipping that. So there you go. <laughs> we'll see what happens. There you go. Awesome, buddy. Well, hey, I really appreciate your time. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, John. Yeah, thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. All right, you too. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this week's episode of The Hendersonville Show. And thank you to John for taking the time to share his story and the exciting things here to come to town. Be sure to follow The Highlight and Poor Taste on Facebook to keep tabs on their latest updates. And uh, I've included links to all of that in the show notes. Now, before we go, I want to let everyone know that I'm taking a short break from the podcast for the holidays. So this will actually be our last episode of 2021. Looking forward to starting back up again in 2022 with some fresh new content. But in the meantime, if you know of anyone uh, who'd like to be on the podcast or someone who'd be a good guest, any, any topics you want to hear about, be sure to reach out on our Facebook page. Now, to close out the year, I want to share one of my favorite quotes about drinking from the late, great Winston Churchill. My rule of life prescribed as an absolutely sacred right, smoking cigars and also the drinking of alcohol before, after, and if need be, during all meals and in the intervals between them. I hope everyone has a happy holidays. Cheers and see you all in 2022.